Today's episode is part two of our behind the scenes look at the dollars and cents of chapbook publishing. Welcome to episode 34 of The Chapbook. I'm your co-host, Noah Stutzer. And I'm Ross White. Noah and I publish chapbooks. We're with Bull City Press. We do chapbooks of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. Occasionally, we do full-length books. But our love is chapbooks. We started this podcast to celebrate that love of chapbooks, to go behind the scenes of the publishing process as we are today, and to highlight the folks who write chapbooks and the folks who make chapbooks. It has been such a long week since I spoke to you last, Noah. So much has happened. I can barely recall what we were even talking about. I think you were trying to explain how uh, I'm going to be a millionaire publishing chapbooks. That is exactly what I was in the process of I'm super excited about this, Ross. When we last spoke, we talked about some of the costs that go into actually producing the chapbook itself. And I don't even think we had gotten them back from the printer last time around. Right. That's exactly right. I think we left just at the point where the printer had pretty much fabricated the books. Um, right. I think, did we talk about paper quality? Did we talk about ink and all that stuff? I think we glossed over it. Okay. okay. They cost money. Anyway, let's, but let's talk about like, so where does it go? Right. Right. Because books, tend with chapbook presses tend to go to one of two places. Either they come right back to the press for sale or they go to a distributor. And we'll talk a little bit more about distribution in just a moment. But, you know, shipping anything these days has gotten a little bit expensive. Gas is expensive. Uh, you know, well, gas is expensive. That's really, I think, the, the big thing. Uh, the logistics are tough. I still love the USPS. Oh, I do love the USPS, but there are a fair number of printers that aren't going to use USPS. They're going to use FedEx. They're going to use UPS because they've they've got better options available to them that way. Those are not always the cheapest options, but they're the most reliable in a lot of ways. And so part of what goes into the cost of the printer is deciding how many copies of a book you're going to have made. Right. And that right. that results in a, a different kind of challenge, which is um, how many copies of that book that you have to warehouse. Yeah. Well, so your cost comes down as you print more. That's always true. Right. But if you print them and don't sell them, then what happens? Well, they've got to sit somewhere. And for many small presses that are being run out of somebody's house or apartment, space is finite. Right. If you're dealing with a distributor, some distributors have an annual fee and then their markup. But most distributors also charge a warehousing fee. So you're paying for shelf space, which, you know, they have to pay for as, as part of their mortgage or lease. So distribution can get expensive fairly quickly. I know that small press distribution out in California may not be perfect, but they have done a really amazing job of keeping warehousing costs down and not passing those on whenever possible to small publishers. And that's allowed a lot of small presses to have access to national distribution that they just wouldn't have otherwise. But in the case of Bull City Press, for the most part, we're someone who actually warehouses our own books, right? Well, we use small press distribution for 
sales that go through national chains and through independent bookstores. So SPD warehouses, probably about an eighth of our run, we warehouse the rest here in Durham. Sometimes we end up sending those warehouse copies over to SPD when they run out because they only want to keep a certain number on their shelves. They don't want to keep any more than they think they can sell. Of course, there's another downside to warehousing, and that is if you have stock unsold over the course of the tax year, you end up paying taxes on your unsold stock. And so booksellers really don't want to carry stock that's not going to sell within the year because they don't want to pay for it again. And that's why you hear of large publishing houses pulping books that haven't sold because they don't want to pay the cost of keeping them around. Oh, I hadn't considered that there was like um, a situation with a, with the warehousing of titles beyond 365 days. And so it's sort of like the ghost of Christmas past coming back every year to remind you of this one title that just didn't move as well as you thought. And then you're paying sort of, you know, like uh, uh, a fee on the fact that that book didn't do as well as you'd hoped. Right. Now, look, whether you warehouse the books in your house in a small office or with a distributor, there's still another cost before it reaches its customer. And that is packing and shipping the book out. Think about it. Books are on a shelf somewhere and an order comes in. There's got to be somebody who goes and grabs the books in a pick list, shoves them in an envelope, seals the envelope, applies postage to the envelope, which usually means paying, you know, weighing and paying for postage and gets it to a mailbox of some sort. And that's time and energy that if you're using a distributor, you've got to pay for. And this is something that uh, I, I learned working with you over the past couple of years is as we've gone into different areas of book sizes and book shapes that the, you know, the, the, the case of shipping envelopes that we have on hand may or may not work for the new book that we've got at a different shape or size. And so that incurs a different cost altogether, right? Yeah. At any given moment, I have five different sizes of padded envelopes in my house, as well as cardboard mailing tubes and, you know, flat catalog envelopes. We tend not to use the catalog envelopes for orders that come through our website because I don't want a book to be damaged in shipping. I hate more than anything. I hate it when I order a book and I'm really excited <laughs> and it arrives and it's all creased up. I'm like, oh, that makes me so mad. And I'm I am such a fool, Noah. I, you know, I do this. I, sometimes <laughs> I will take a bunch of old cardboard boxes that I have lying around the house. I'll throw on something mindless on Netflix and I will cut cardboard to match the different sizes of our books so that when somebody places an order through the Bull City Press website, I have appropriately sized cardboard to put behind the book to make it harder to bend in transit. And you know what? Our customers love it. I don't know that anybody <laughs> even notices. I'm sure they're like, what's with this janky cardboard I'm receiving? But it, <laughs> that matters to me because I'm, my, I don't know. I love the book object. I'm such a dork. Does this piece of cardboard say Campbell's soup on the back? <laughs> right. So, yeah, now you got to ship the thing, right? And let's talk a little bit about what that costs. Now, if you just throw a very thin chapbook into a six by nine catalog envelope, if it weighs fewer than three ounces, you can ship it USPS first class. And I think 
what is what is that for three ounces right now? Like a little less than a dollar, if I'm not mistaken, although I, I probably am. I, I just don't pay attention to the one, two and three ounce shipping options very much. But if you're going to use a padded envelope, you are going to pay a, a package rate. And so it's often cheaper for small presses to use media mail to ship where you can ship uh, books and other educational materials, but you can't really include anything else. So you can't, you know, theoretically, you can't send a a handwritten note saying, thank you so much for your purchase, which I would love to do, but I don't because I want to get it there uh, as cheap as possible. Media mail for up to one pound through the shipping service we use, which is pirateship.com. Is three dollars and twenty one cents. Now that's a price that isn't always passed on to the customer, or it is. Well, you know, I have noticed that on the Bull City site, we charge a dollar seventy nine for your first item shipping, and then a, an additional dollar for each item after that, up to twenty five dollars. At which point, we make shipping free. So obviously, yes, we are not charging the full amount of the envelope, the effort to pack that envelope. And then the shipping, we're, we're just eating some of those costs. But we kind of have to because we live in a world where some giant corporate goon squad offers free <laughs> shipping on just about everything if you pay for their online streaming service. Right. And and it has set up an expectation, right? That there that there isn't a shipping cost. Not only is there no shipping cost, but things arrive the next day. And media mail is two to nine day. I love it when people say, oh my gosh, I just got my books from Bull City. They ship so fast. And it's like, well, yeah, I wake up every morning at six and ship the previous night's orders because I I don't want it to take too long for you to get your books. But not everybody's in a position where they can do that. And so sometimes with small presses, you place your order and nobody's going to be able to ship it for a week because they might not even have the books on site. Right, right. So we've got the books out. It's They've been shipped to the customer. So- Pretty much all of our fees and overhead costs are done, right? (laughs) If only that were true, but no, there are more costs. Well, first thing that you need to know is that when a book is sold through a distributor to a retailer like Amazon or a bookstore, they are able to return that book for a full refund. So you may be shipping things out and then taking them back 90 days later. And there are costs associated with reshelving the books and many small presses just have to eat those costs. And that's just sort of the cost of doing business. Thank God small press distribution handles all this stuff for us. Cause when I used to do it myself, it ate up so much time and let's use that giant corporate behemoth that I have no love for. They used to order one copy of a book. I was expected to pay the shipping. So, all right, I'm shipping it out. I'm paying $3 and 21 cents. If it doesn't sell, then it's returned to me and sits back on my shelf. So I've spent the shipping cost and gained nothing. And Amazon would often order two or three books and then ship one back within 90 oh. days. And then a week later, order the same thing again. <laughs> right. Oh, that's really frustrating. Yeah. There's some other costs too. Now, in order to be able to connect with our customers directly, we've got to have a website. We've got a we've got some other what we would call infrastructure costs that we've got to take care of, like the label printer that we use to print out the postage, certain services that we use. 
We've got some costs associated with marketing. We send out review copies up to 10% of the run in physical review copies. And so we've got to ship those out in order to get the books some notice. We've got to pay taxes. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about the tax implications of carrying stock from one fiscal year to the next. But, you know, we've also got to make sure that we're paying our licensing fees to stay in business and that we're keeping up with our taxes. So there are accounting costs that go into things. And of course, we need to pay royalties. Once a book has earned back its advance, we love nothing more than writing a check to an author saying, hey, we sold this book. Here you go. Ah, the royalty checks. Exactly. This is the part where I become the multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I actually have been listening. <laughs> so I get the sense that um, books should really cause. I mean, the, if we if if the price of a book, if the price of a book's manufacture, uh, you know, like the cost of cr- of having a publishing house and creating books was all sunk into an individual title, books would cost. It would be prohibitive. It would. Your best sellers almost always subsidize the books that don't sell as well. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So something, you know, big and really popular sells in such a large quantity so such that uh, there's a little bit of money left over to help, you know, move along maybe a less popular title. Yeah. Or to really sort of eat away at it, at any money that you lost on that less popular title. That's why the large publishing houses that are doing full lengths tend to do the same kind of book over and over and over again because they believe it's going to sell and they need it to. They really do. One of the wonderful things about running a volunteer press and having a lot of those labor costs be invisible to our bottom line is that we're able to take more risks. And if we have a title that we love that sells zero copies whatsoever, We'll still have the lights on for the next title, but we really we couldn't do that time and time again. And thankfully, Bull City readers, y'all are the best because y'all show up and support just about any title we do right now. And I can't tell you, we are so grateful for that. It means the world. And that's why we work as hard as we do to get you amazing books. All right, you amazing listeners. If you've already subscribed to the chat book, be sure to tell your friends. Let them know we're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and all the other major pod places and tell them to subscribe too. Hey, let us know what you think. You can rate us five stars or you can just send us an email. That email can have questions. It can have unsolicited praise that I'm currently soliciting. It can have suggestions (laughs) about what you'd like to see on future episodes. We're at chatbook at bullcitypress.com. The best way to keep up with what we're doing between episodes is to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bull City Press or visit our website, bullcitypress.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at DC Noah. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ross White. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next week. 